T. Smith for the TFON Podcast here for season three, episode 25. Sorry you've been off for a few weeks, but tonight we got my main man, Neil Meyer in the building. Neil, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad, man. Uh, just wanted to touch base, you know, for, with Bearcat Nation uh, real quick ahead of Big 12 Media Days. Um, we, as we know, over the weekend, you know, the Big 12 Media, uh, you know, preseason poll came out and the Bearcats were picked at number 13. And I know the Bearcats aren't supposed to be college football playoff uh, contenders this year, if we're being realistic, but being picked. 13 out of 14 teams in the Big 12 is super rough. And I know you voted on on this. Like, I know you had a ballot. Uh, we talked about this. Um, let us know, for one, were you shocked at the Bearcats for a number 13? And where did you have them on your ballot? Yeah, so absolutely. I was actually shocked to see them down at 13 uh, when the polls came out. But, I mean – Looking back on it, you're thinking about a whole offense, a team that's lost its majority of its offense from a season ago. So, I mean, I can see why teams were voting or the media members were voting on that low because the offense was an uncertainty, obviously, with Ben Bryant transferring this offseason. You're losing guys like Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker to the NFL, Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, both also went to the NFL. And then you're losing – it's a wide receiver room that's only returning one one wide receiver from a season ago. And then you have your running backs are all returning, which is Ryan Montgomery, Corey Kiner, Miles Montgomery. So the running back room is your key vital pieces from uh, the returning contra- uh, contributors from a season ago. But overall, I mean, I was not too surprised based because a lot of people probably took that into consideration, but I had them a little bit higher. I actually had them at nine in my bracket just because, for many reasons. I mean, everyone knows what a Brian Brown defense is going to look like and how he runs his defenses. I mean, we've seen it up close and personal. The defense is going to going to cause a lot of problems this year. We've all known that, uh, especially with the defensive line that's returning a lot of quality players. I mean, you have All-Americans, Dante Corleone up front, you're returning Malik Van, Jawan Briggs. And then you throw guys in there like the addition of Daniel Grizziak in there as well. So, I mean – the defensive production for this defensive line, it's going to be fun to watch. But, however, it is predominantly voted on them. In my in my personal opinion, they got voted that low just because of the questions surrounding the offense, which there's a lot of questions surrounding it. Obviously, it's how is Emory Jones going to fit into the Scott Satterfield offense and how are these new transfers going to be able to step in? Who's up next at the wide receiver room to replace those guys like uh, – Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, I mean, even from two years ago and Alec Pierce. So, overall, there's still some questions around the offense, and I can see why people within the Big 12 media voted that low. But me personally, I had them up higher at nine. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think I probably would have had them like in the eight to, eight to ten range, depending on – I'm not looking at the list now. But 13 seems like they just pick it on them and win like two games or something to me. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I think with the over-under – by you know by the the books where it was four and a half i think they'll get that i think they'll get that for sure i'm thinking like it's just they have a lot of games that right now they're 50 50 we have you know 50 50 games i think like if you look at it now i think it's mass games where it might be like a 45 55 45 type split right now if you if you bet on it i guess 
So that might be, you know, seeing how the offense irons itself out. If they do, if they uh, get the ball rolling faster than people expect, then they could probably win more. But I think they can, I think there will be a bowl eligible team for anything crazy. Cause I feel like they have three games, two to three games they should win out, out of conference. And they only got to win a couple in conference. And I don't think the Big 12, the top is heavy per se right now, at least preseason. And then I think after that, it's kind of like it's a puncher's chance for everybody else. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. So, um, you you know, you're getting ready to go to Big 12 Media Day. So it's the Bearcats' first inaugural season in the Big 12. And Wednesday and Thursday will be the Big 12 Football Media Day, where multiple Bearcats will speak. I want to say it's four, correct? It's what, Brick, uh, Juwan Briggs, um, Juwan Dante Briggs. Cole. Corleone, Dante Corleone, Deshaun Pace, Pace Emory Jones, and Scott Satterfield. Yep. So I know you'll get we'll be getting TFO in uh um video of that. So make sure you guys you know subscribe to the, to the YouTube page and hit up the site. We will be posting them on both. And then uh cool man, but just you know, you've been to a few media days um in the past, and just how excited are you to be able to cover this and then just um be able to kind of document this, you know, with your own eyes, you know, the Bearcats transition into the big 12, you know, they only been in the big 12 technically 10 days now. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting. I know you and I both covered the last couple AAC media days and they've been all virtual. So this is the yeah. first one where we get to get up on the scene there in uh, Arlington, Texas. So it's going to be a huge opportunity just to see what the big 12 is all about. I mean, everyone knows the big 12 it's, one of the power five conferences in all of college athletics. Uh, a lot of things are happening around the big 12. Obviously they just announced the homecoming tour. And then you have this new addition where you have added four teams in the likes of Cincinnati, Houston, BYU and UCF. So overall you're adding four quality programs to this conference. And then you bring in, they still have Texas and Oklahoma for a year. And then, the Big 12, I mean, you look at it, TCU's coming off a national championship run a season ago. Kansas State popped off and really surprised a lot of people from a season ago as well where they won the Big 12. So, overall, I mean, the Big 12 media days, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of good content. But I'm really excited to get down to Texas and really get to get uh, this firsthand experience as the Bearcats are now in the Big 12 for just 10 days. But it's going to be a huge opportunity, especially with all the momentum surrounding the program. We talk about the move to the Big 12. You have the new Jordan and Nike deal. There's a lot of fun things going on up in Clifton. You have the new practice facilities as well. So overall, the momentum's huge, and it's going to be a very exciting time this week down in Arlington, Texas. For sure, for sure. And throw and throwing in, throwing a bone to the baseball guys. They they doing, you know, redoing the turf, you know, in the baseball field. So it's just a lot of good stuff going on in Clifton, of course. Um, so cool, man. I'll be excited to see, you know, getting the content and seeing, you know people you get to shake hands with and everything down there, man. So um, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty dope. So, you know, it's um, been real basic. We're not talking about anything too crazy. Just want to touch base on those two things. As if you've been following the website, um, we've been posting any commit or decommit. Um, I think since the last time we have actually had a podcast, it's been probably about five or six guys, but uh I mean, I think Satterfield's done a good job. I mean, he's got the highest recruit of the class. Um, Samaj, it's Samaj, right? Samaj Jones, Samaj Jones quarterback yeah. from um, Pennsylvania. So him and his his, uh, his wide receiver, um, Elijah Jones, they both have committed. So that's pretty dope. Uh, 
they got one of the the top tier quarterbacks, you know, in the in the 2024 class to come into UC. So um, look to see how you know what what Satterfield and the crew does rest of the rest of the you know recruiting cycle. But I think that was a real huge gift for the Bearcats. So I just want to throw that in there. Um, but then we're going to change pace. Normally we talk all UC stuff, but we're going to talk a little Big Ten and a little Big Twelve, and we'll start with Big Twelve because the reason why we're going to bring this up is because the coach has UC ties, Bob Huggins, as you know, he had, he had resigned. And I put my two quotes up because he had resigned a few weeks ago after he got caught um, with a DUI, drunk driving. And then now they say he did not resign. So um, I know we know a lot of people, a few people that got boots on the ground in that area. Um, this is just like a weird fiasco that's popping up. And, Neil, what, what do you feel about – how do you feel about this situation overall? Yeah, man, it's obviously a crazy a crazy situation. Obviously, as you mentioned, we have a couple guys in the grounds in West Virginia. So, I mean, it's, it's a crazy situation that's developing. I mean, obviously, right when it all happened, you're just like, okay, what's, what's going to be the reaction? And then he steps – he, quote, unquote, resigns 24 hours after being arrested. And then next thing you know – as of late, a new legality issue came about with a letter from an attorney saying he didn't actually resign. <laughs> so it's they're saying he that message came from I'm assuming his wife's account, if I read it right. Yeah, thanks. So which is which is crazy, but I mean, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fiasco up there, in West Virginia. It's not going to be something easy. I know West Virginia fired back with a uh, statement right shortly after from. Uh, Bob Huggins's lawyer. So it's going to be a battle up there in West Virginia. I know it's going to be a lot of legality things as they play out, obviously with coach Huggins, but obviously the university has a huge, a huge decision to make here is what's going to happen. Obviously they made the decision to name an interim coach and Josh Eilert from promoting staff. And uh, it's kind of cool. We're actually kind of talking about this West Virginia situation because as JT and I know for covering this situation, our guy, Dermar Johnson, actually just headed out to West Virginia during this season to take on that assistant coaching role with Coach Huggins. So it's cool to see him still being on the staff after all this stuff has trans out, like played out. But overall, yeah, it's going to – I got a feeling it's going to end as a sad a sad thing up there in West Virginia. It's going to be a sad ending for a Hall of Fame career. But it, it's definitely going to be a decision and a situation you're going to have to monitor very closely. For sure. I feel like I don't know, like with him resigning, if he gets less money or not. Like that's what I need to do my research on. So like I'm don't uh don't get mad at me for not having that. Up, you know, if y'all are listening to the pod, um, but I think like like the best thing they probably say face to make him resign. But at the same time, if he says he didn't, he's probably gonna get a bigger buyout. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like if you owe me. 20 million and I can get I'm just throwing a number out there. And then if I resign, I only get five. But if I make a fuss, I can get 10. I might as well make the fuss, even though even if I look bad in doing it. Um, because he's probably gonna double. I mean, he's gonna get more money. That's that's at the end of the day. Cause I don't think you can have an interim and then bring him back. I don't know, unless he could pop up like the Undertaker, that'd be crazy. But um, I mean Bob Huggins is a legend at the end of the day, but I also don't know if he'll be able to double back. I don't think the, the, the university will be able to double back after making that stance. So we'll see how it plays out. Of course, you know, um, 
anything that pops up on that, you know, you, you know, you see fans are going to be on it just because of the ties, man, to Cincinnati. So, and they're in the big 12, we're in the big 12 now. So it's just going to be something that we follow closely, even though it's not directly tied to the current um, program. So um, I'm going to switch gears and then we're going to go to the big 10. Um, as you know, Northwestern fired their longtime coach, Pat Fitzgerald today. And we know that Ben Bryant transferred from UC to Northwestern, you know, within the last month or two. Um, and now, you know, he's not going to have the coach that he transferred to play for. But just this, you know, with Fitzgerald, he was I think he was the winningest coach in, in their history. Um, and now with that situation where he was like pazing our hazing the players and all this crazy stuff. Like, how does that, like, how does Northwestern, like, recover? And it just was something that, like, I, nobody thought was coming. Like, I, I mean, I thought, you know, he just signed a big deal within the last year or two um, extension. And you thought, okay, he was, you know, a second-tier team in the Big Ten. And sometimes you, you know, make it to the Big Ten finals. So it was just, it's crazy. So just like your thoughts, man, especially like with, you know, being going there and being playing for UC so long. So we kind of been watching a little bit longer and it's, it's the big headline right now. Yeah. So Ben actually transferred to Northwestern right after spring ball. But I mean, it's, it's a crazy and horrific situation going on up there in Northwestern in the Chicago area. But it's, it's crazy to think about too, because a, he signed that extension and he's still owed $42 million, 42. Well, how much are you going to get to that? He, because he, he's definitely getting something, even if he did do something wrong, they got, they got to pay him something. Yeah. And he's the all time winning his coach in program history. His son is currently on the team, yeah. but I mean, with how many players and for, former players and alumni and staff members that have came out and spoke, it's been, it's been a crazy, what, 72 hours in this situation because yeah. they announced his suspension on what Friday that he was going to be suspended for two weeks. But little do people know that suspension is coming in a time where it's in a month of the off season where the football teams aren't really doing much practicing. It's kind of considered like a dead period right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that suspension comes at a time that original two week suspension comes at this time where, they're not going to be doing much football activities anyways, outside just a little bit of conditioning here and there. Yeah. But then you think about it to where 72 hours later, we're sitting here tonight talking, Pat Fitzgerald got fired. And it's interesting we talk about this because we mentioned the Big 12, Bob Huggins connection. My my biggest thought in, is what is going to happen to those guys who transferred in. Will they get the same opportunity mm. that – the Big 12 gave West Virginia's players, mm. hey, you got 30 days to hit the portal, even though the portal's closed. Mm, yeah. Will they get that, that same option? Will they be yeah. able to go find another school? Because let's be honest, a lot of people probably transferred out there just to play for a winning coach like Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. But that's something that comes to concern. Will they get a 30-day window where they can, A, test the portal waters again, or B, will they just – have to kind of deal with it and deal yeah. with the situation where they got to have to finish this year out. They might not have the eligibility to transfer or whatnot. So it's going to be a curious situation up there in Chicago, but overall, I mean, the situation, it, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody expected it to take the turn that it did, especially within the last 72 hours. I mean, there was a lot, I think it was one, what is it called? A whistleblower that came out and yeah. really, 
anonymous source that really broke this thing open. And now, next thing you know, I think I saw today, it was like 11 or 12 former players came out and are now speaking on this. Like, yeah. it's a crazy situation. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, obviously, it's going to – I think it might play out the same way this Huggins thing might play out. I mean, they sounds like they put him on a suspension and didn't even kind of tell him, hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're uh, – we're letting you go. So yeah, for sure. sounds like he found out through somebody else and not directly through the university. So that's why uh sounds like that 42 mil might be uh coming into play here. Oh, for sure. It definitely is. It's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, how they attack that. So, I mean, he's going to get some of the money. It's no, it's any other bus about it. It's just a matter on how much. And then, you know, depending on how, I mean, cause right now you can't hire a permanent coach right now. This is like mm-hmm. not the time. Um, this I think I saw they were promoting their DC. Yeah, they ha- they have to. Like they have to get somebody interim coach. Hopefully that person like does interim, as well. Yeah, the DC title. who came from North Dakota State. I think it yeah. was. Yeah, they got to get somebody. Up the interim coach. Them up. Hopefully they give them a good little bonus for having to take on extra duties, and that's good for their resume too. So hopefully they do well. Um, yeah, but it's gonna be something to keep an eye on for sure, man. Especially you see, I, I want to see about the thirty days. That's that's my biggest thing right now. So. But that's a big that's a big question too because I mean yeah. we saw how it affected West Virginia yeah I mean there was one guy who went in the portal and then quickly came back out of it for yeah. West Virginia to stay and that was yeah. someone who's going to draw a lot of attention for sure he was definitely gonna have his fair share of suitors so <laughs> so now it's curious will those same guys get that option that those those guys had there I mean yeah. West Virginia guys still got guys in the portal yeah so I mean there's a couple guys who found some homes I mean we saw one Mo Wag end up at Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky landed Joe Toussaint. Like, I'm curious to see how this will play out. For sure, man. It's going to be interesting. Super interesting. So, yeah, that, that, that will be these, those two stories outside of our UC, normal UC stuff is, are going to be big things to keep an eye on because it's all pertaining like Midwest teams. Well, Mitchell College is really Midwest, but still, it's a Big 12 team. You got a Midwest team. So, it's in our region, per se. I guess there are no regions anymore in college football with how wide everything is, but still, it's within a four-state type deal. So we'll and see what crazy happens. Too, because you got a feel for a guy like Ben Bryant too. I mean, we've been around, we've covered him the last yeah. three, four seasons, and you got a feel for him. He transfers back home for his senior year. Yep. His last season of eligibility is pursuing an option to start out there and. Next thing you know is blindsided by something yeah. like this. And for everyone who knows Ben or has covered Ben, you you know how great of a human Ben Bryan is. Yeah, but you just feel for him in a situation like this. For sure. It's, it definitely sucks. But as long as they keep everybody else intact, then you should be okay. So fingers crossed. But still sucks, though. You don't want to go there and you can't coach he's fired before the season starts because of some some uh, some stuff they got going on behind the scenes that you didn't know about or you probably didn't have much much clue about when you were coming <laughs> you know so it's like dang so that that sucks that that's that's rough so but, we, but the we main question is how is this going to affect say that transfer portal if something does happen is it are we going to find news out later this week like hey portal's open for these guys they got 30 yep. days like West Virginia, that's going to be the huge question. Yeah, true. I wonder if they'll say anything about Especially that. Especially this be... late in the summer ball with fall camps starting in a month, yeah. season two months away. It's going, yeah. it's going to be a situation to monitor. Yep. 
Cause you don't, yeah. Cause it's like super close. I mean, right now, fall, fall. I mean, fall, ball, aka late summer ball is gonna start up soon. It's like, it's just rough. You really can't. Even if you did, I don't really think that's your exception. I don't mean a quarterback really can't do it and just leave this late. I don't think it'll be the wisest thing unless somebody just got like this mass injuries on some team. Besides that, you kind of SOL because you don't, you, you know, you don't have a playbook. You. You leave somewhere else. You gotta learn something—a totally do, totally new terminology, um, players, etc. At least now, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. I mean, linemen might be easier to get plucked from this if they give them a third-day window. Defensive linemen, even corners. Like, I think everything but quarter quarterback, running backs can wide receivers can be fifty-fifty. If you're just a guy, just you know, you probably can get around it. But the quarterback spot and eh, that that late. It'd be like almost like coming off the street and playing. You have to like almost draw it up in the dirt. So it'll be hard for the offensive coordinator, you know. Um, so y'all see, man. We'll see. That's gonna be interesting. I want to see what happens with that for sure. So yeah, and this as we talk about it, this is a Northwestern team that was in the Big Ten championship, what in 2021? Yep, I want to say so. No, it wasn't last year, it was the year before, right? Yeah, because yeah, it was two years ago. So yeah, I mean yeah. they're yeah, they're top three in the Big Ten. Yeah, Last yeah. two years, I mean, this year was Ohio State or Michigan, Ohio State, Northwestern, right? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, this is a team that's finishing yeah. top three or four in the last few years within the Big Ten. So, I mean, this is – it's going to be – it's if whatever they decide to do with the coaching job, it's going to be a high a high demand job just because of what that program's been doing. But, I mean, it's going to be who's going to want to take that job a month before the season. Exactly. That's why I don't think – it won't be anything that gets answered before a season. I think it'll be after a season. They'll just be like narrow up to God doesn't do well. They'll be looking. I mean, they'll be looking vetting their options anyways, but I think if the guy doesn't do well, they'll make, it'll make it easy for like soon as the season's over to hire the new guy. If that makes sense. But the guy does well, then you're like, hold on. Do we keep him and let him do his thing? Or does he get lumped into the Fitzgerald situation you know what i mean like are they like no we're just gonna cut ties for mostly everybody that's gonna be interesting to see too because they say like ah you're you've been here for the entirety of time are they banishing you too you know what i'm saying yeah you know what i'm saying definitely gonna be crazy how it plays out that's for sure so that's gonna be interesting so cool man so those are things we want to just talk about today guys and just get knocked that out so just make sure you guys Checking out the website, man. Hit up the frontofficenews.com. Uh, make sure you're sharing, liking, uh, commenting, letting us know what you think. Uh, shoot, head to uh, 513 Shirts. Feel free to get your uh, TFON gear. Make sure you guys subscribe to your YouTube page, please. Trying to get to 1,000. We're struggling, <laughs> but we're getting closer to 400, though, slowly but surely. So help and us get to 1K. I'll throw this out there for anybody who wants to know my full ballot that I voted on in the Big 12 media preseason voting poll. You guys can hit me up. I got my whole voting list still. So be more than happy to hear what people think, and we can talk about that stuff as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hit him up. Hit him up because he definitely voted on that, uh, voted on the uh, Big 12 uh, team as well. Now, shout out to Dante Corleone and Mason, Mason Fletcher. Fletcher. They both were voted first team. Uh, preseason all America preseason first team all Big 12. So um people expecting big seasons to come from those Bearcats. I think a few others, especially on defense, will have some big seasons as well. So um 
that's that'll be it, man. That's how we're gonna finish this pod. This will be up on all platforms tomorrow. And then to make sure you guys check us out because my man Neil is about to be holding it down in Dallas, Texas. Or Fort, is it Fort Worth? No, not Fort Worth. That, that's, it's in Arlington. Arlington, Arlington, Arlington. Fort Worth is where AAC. AAC now nah, we ain't yeah. and no 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 more AAC. My bad. I need to <laughs> erase that. So no AAC. We in Arlington, aka Dallas, aka Jerry's World. So he's gonna be there live, man. So make sure you guys check it out. We'll try to. We're gonna do some cool stuff on our Instagram page. Make sure you guys are following Front Office News on that platform as well. And I'm JT Smith and my man. I'm Neil Meyer. All right, we're signing out. Let me squeeze.